0: How were Mary's thoughts devoted her eternal joy to find, as intent each word she noted at her Savior's feet reclined. How kindled her heart, how devout was its feeling while hearing the lessons that Christ was revealing. All earthly concerns she forgot for her Lord and found her contentment in hearing His word. For our daily prayer, we use the order of morning prayer found on page 235 in the Lutheran Service Book or page 024 in the middle section of Treasury of Daily Prayer. Let us pray. Today's New Testament reading is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Then, turning to the disciples, Jesus said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You, go and do likewise. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Jeremiah Johnson. Teacher,
1: what must I do to inherit eternal life? It's an odd question. If you know anything about inheritances, you know that you can't do anything to earn them. It would be like one of my girls asking me, Hey dad, what do I need to do to get in on the inheritance? Um, nothing. You're, you're already in the will. But this question makes perfect sense if you're talking about eternal life, like it's an application. You can almost imagine this lawyer who asked Jesus the question kind of in heaven's eternal life department filling out all the paperwork. Love the Lord your God? Check. Be charitable to your neighbor? Check. Remember the Sabbath day? Check. He fills in a couple more lines, then sends it off to God's central office and waits patiently. If you're chuckling to yourself a little bit, it's probably because there's some truth to all of it. We may not fill out an application but we all mentally keep track of the good things we do. We remember all the get well cards that we send to people or the sacrifices we make for our kids or you think about the mission trip that you went on. We all keep mental lists of this stuff. And why? Well, so that we can prove to ourselves and to others that we're really pretty good people. Truth be told, we're really not that different from the lawyer. But Jesus is abundantly clear that you can't put together an application for eternal life. There is no interview process. And Jesus is not telling this parable, of the Good Samaritan, so that we can check off all the right boxes on our eternal life application. He tells us this parable to radically realign our understanding of mercy and salvation. The most common mistake we usually make when we read this parable is that the first person we identify with is the Samaritan. But that's a mistake. Now, it's not to say that we're never the Samaritan. And if you want to know how you can serve your neighbor, there are enough good works in here to keep you busy for the rest of your life. But of course, that's another sermon. Right now, We need to see ourselves as the man who fell into the hands of robbers. We are the man who was beaten and helpless and left as good as dead. Because, frankly, we were as good as dead. Ephesians chapter 2 says it so clearly. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. We were the ones dead on the side of the road. Dead in our sin. Dead in our wickedness. Helpless hopeless, lost. And this is a hard pill to swallow because, frankly, we'd much rather see ourselves as the hero. You know, the Samaritan is the one who comes to the rescue after all. That's who we want to be. But if we refuse to believe that we are the wretched and helpless and dead one, then the parable of the Samaritan, good Samaritan, gives us no comfort it can do nothing more than provide us with an impossible role model that we can never imitate. But if we have eyes to see that we are the man who is as good as dead, then we will see who the true good Samaritan really is. The one who has come to bind up our wounds and who brings us to a safe place where we can be restored and who pays for our ongoing care. The Good Samaritan is first and foremost Christ Jesus. Just like the man on the side of the road, we have become objects of Jesus' mercy. We are the ones to whom Jesus is a neighbor. You know, We didn't earn this. We filled out no applications. We provided no resumes. We were dead. And he had compassion upon us, becoming one with us, born, dead. And raised. And now we have an inheritance as a gift. Life forever.
0: Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you moved your servant Cyril and his brother Methodius to bring the light of the gospel to the Slavs, a people broken by hostility and division. By the love of Christ, overcome all bitterness and strife among us, and form us into one united family who live under the mercies of the Prince of Peace, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
2: O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day.
0: Trusting his promises we are bold to pray.